Get ready for another informative, educational, and inspirational story on one of the hottest podcasts in the world. Forget what your clock says and get comfortable. It's time for another edition of It's Primetime Somewhere with your host, J.D. Williams. Now, let's meet today's guest. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of It Is Prime Time Somewhere. And I am honored today to welcome in my guest, Mr. Sean Banks. And uh, welcome, to the, welcome to the podcast, Sean. Hey, J.D., thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. Well, I, you know, we got a lot to cover today. I don't know you, um, and neither does my audience. And, you know, that's the fun thing about this stuff is that I, I get to know people and they get to know people. And, you know, we spent, what, five minutes before this before the show started just kind of, you know, some trivial housekeeping right. kind of stuff, okay? <laughs> um, but uh, but right. I, I deliberately do not find out uh, this information until we get started. But I start each of these exactly the same way, Sean. Who in the heck is Sean Banks? Who are you? <laughs> well, uh, you know, JD, I am someone that ended up being in an industry that I never thought that I would be in and never had a desire to do it at all. I work with kids. I work with youth. I've been in youth development for over 20 years, and I originally couldn't stand kids. I hated kids. I had no passion uh, to want to work with kids at all, and now... Uh, I have a youth magazine that is going around the world motivating kids to go after their dream. I have a summer camp that we work with kids, exposing them to activities they normally wouldn't do during the school year, uh, martial arts programs, youth conferences. I mean, anything that has to do with kids is what we do. And just the crazy thing about it is that I never, ever saw myself working with kids. But now this is what I do with my life. <laughs> well, you know, I saw that. I, you know, they actually gave me some stuff here. I'm, I'm going to read this. A fun, humorous, and passionate guest. I'm an expert in my field who's looking to create entertaining and mutual beneficial episodes. But then you go on and you and you say, at first, I disliked working with kids. What caused your hatred of children? <laughs> Well, you know, it's crazy. I mean, it's a a great question. I mean, it was something where people would say, you know, man, you should work with kids. And I said, I don't want to work with any stinking kids, man. I mean, you know, it's like booger fingers, snotty noses, man. I mean, I didn't want anything to do with kids and working with kids. And, um, you know, and, and as a young adult, I mean, it was like, I want to do something where I can make some money, you know? Right, like, right. Working with kids. So they're like, work with kids? Like, who wants to do that? So that was kind of where it was. And so what would happen, uh, actually, when I would do work at my church, uh, is they would put me over in the, the youth ministry. And um, I was part of the protection team. And they would put me over in the youth ministry. And I would hate it. The kids would run up to me. And like I said, they'd have snotty noses, man. And the snotty <laughs> snot would get on your pants leg or something i have to take my suit to the cleaners and i just said man i don't want anything to do with this and so that's kind of where it started <laughs> uh, that, that's that's really cool you know the the youth department thing i get that you know we were a part of uh, of a church um when we lived up in the uh dallas and fort worth area that had a really big children's department you know and took to we took our grandkids back there every week and you're right you know all these little kids come running out of the thing you know and they're all around you and all this kind of stuff well you know i'm not a real big kids person myself 
you know, just to let yeah. you know. I mean, I got grandkids. Yeah. I got five kids, and I got a bunch of grandkids and all that stuff. But I've never been a real, you know, what you would call a kid kind of person. And, yeah. Okay. All right. This is going to come as a shock to my podcast audience. They've never, they've never heard me say this on a podcast or on a radio. But I, my requirement for dealing with children right up until we had grandchildren, okay, my requirement was that in order for me to have anything to do with them, they have to be walking good, talking good, and capable of going to the bathroom by themselves. That was a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, they didn't feed, if they did not meet that requirement, then J.D. was out. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, I kind of I get where you are coming from there, but... I do want to get into what caused the change. I mean, um, I know, you know, for me it was grandchildren, okay? But what caused the change, Sean? How, what was the transition? Well, it was a couple things that happened. Uh, so when I was at my church, the, the guys would come to me and they'd say, you know, look, we know you don't want to be over here in the youth ministry, posted here. I want to be posted somewhere else, maybe in a sanctuary or something. And they'd say, okay, but if these parents are concerned about whether or not their kids are going to be safe, we can't get the message out the way we need to. They're going to be distracted. And they said, right. when these parents see you there, they know that their kids are going to be safe. And so I said, okay, that gave me some understanding, but I still didn't want to do it. And, <laughs> and uh, so they just kept me there anyway. And so what really changed for me, what really changed for me was I started to see the need in youth development because as i was standing there i'm seeing kids that were either disrespectful to their parents or kids that you could tell needed some confidence right Mm -hmm. they didn't have any focus or i started noticing that parents were having problems getting their kids to believe in themselves and i started seeing all these problems and i'm like wow like Mm -hmm. somebody needs to Mm -hmm. do something about this right (laughs) and so i never thought ever ever i never thought that it was like you know yeah like you need to do something about it and so i i started out um the market tank uh, i was in real estate at the time and the market tanked and uh a buddy of mine said hey look man uh we can start teaching self-defense to women and children and so my mom had put me in martial arts as a kid i grew up doing it uh and i said okay well that's the idea so i either go do this right or find myself figuring out how to get a job somewhere right and so i started a self-defense program for women and children and the funny thing about that the really interesting and really powerful thing about that is when i was a kid my aunt and cousin were murdered in a domestic violence situation Mm. and i had at yeah and at about 16 i said you know one day i'm going to do something in their honor and i never knew what that would be i Mm -hmm. said it and kind of just let it go and so, you know, here it is, you know, 20 years later. Well, at that time, it was more uh, probably about 10 to 15 years later. Um, and I started a self-defense program for women and children. And when it hit me, I said, okay, I'm going to do this in their honor. Because maybe if they knew how to defend themselves or how to get away, maybe they would still be alive. And so I committed myself to teaching women and children how to defend themselves. And that's how it got started. Okay, okay, and that makes perfect sense. It also uh, reminds me to have you please state your website name because of the fact that um, I noticed on your website, visited it very, very briefly this morning, that you do have some pictures there of uh, yes. some, some of the martial art classes 
uh, I, I assume that is that was your class anyway. So can, yeah, can you tell me. us, what, what's the name of the website? And uh, tell us a little bit about it and what people are going to find on that website. Uh, the website is GoSFB.com. Again, that's GoSFB.com. And the website tells people about who I am, what I'm doing, uh, about my mission to expand personal development for youth around the world. Uh, and on that site, they'll see, uh, yes, pictures of me uh, teaching martial arts classes. They'll see uh, pictures of me with uh, some of the people I've worked with uh, over my years uh, doing it. They'll see pictures of me, you know, speaking at different organizations. And, and um, you know, they'll also see pictures of me actually, you know, praying with youth and different things. Mm -hmm. I just see my body of work that okay. I've been doing over the last 20 years. Okay. Now, um if I'm, I'm assuming that that is the uh, I am Defense Institute part, is is that correct? That's correct. Okay, that's and, correct. Uh, now that was formed in 2007, so it's been yep. going it's been going for quite a while. Uh, are are you are you finding good fulfillment with that, or are you seeing uh, some positive things coming out of that uh, that part of your website? Absolutely. Um, the I am Defense was the very first program that I started with working with kids right. and we still have it today uh, we still teach children martial arts uh, and because it's the martial arts is very 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 good at teaching confidence and focus and discipline mm -hmm. and which is one of the things that kids need all over the world uh, regardless of what it is that their dreams are they got to have the confidence and focus and discipline and so I've seen a great um, great, great benefit in that. As a matter of fact, I'm Defense is what allowed me to not have to work a job uh, when I start when I started the business, and you know we've been doing it ever since. Well, amen. You know, and you know, teaching kids how to defend themselves in in this day and age, I think is an extremely yeah. important thing. You know, um, we were blessed with uh, receiving two of my grandchildren to live with us on a full time basis. Um, and oh, wow. I'll tell you a real quick story about that, and then we'll move on quickly. My audience knows this, but you don't. And that is that we got these kids uh, the sun, uh, on one Sunday morning in March of 2020. I want you to think back to March of 2020. What happened in March of 2020? It was called the COVID-19 oh, wow. shutdown. So yeah, we, we got them on a Sunday the nation and the world closed down on a Monday. We found out that we were school on a Tuesday, and then we relocated from the Dallas and Fort Worth Metroplex to beautiful East Texas, and we went to from, you know, what is it, two million people around the Dallas and Fort Worth Metroplex to the city that we live in has a grand total of 3,000 people where everybody knows everybody else for good or bad. Wow. So. Anyway, that's just a just a short uh, breakdown where you kind of wow. know who you're talking to, okay? But right. but my right. my point on this was that when we were in the Dallas area, these kids could have used some of that self defense stuff. Now out here, parents call each other and say, "Hey, Jimmy's picking on Sean," and you know whatever, you know, and that's the end of right. it. Right. But not in Dallas. Right. In, in Dallas, you better right. know how to defend yourself. Um, so yeah. now. Uh, I uh, I take it that you are an accomplished person in self-defense. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your study and how you got into it? Absolutely. So I started studying when I was six years old. 
uh, I'm from Seattle, Washington originally. Okay. And my mom put me in martial arts uh, at the Boys and Girls Club. Taekwondo actually is where I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she put me there because, I, you know, she was a single mother. Um, there was, I was in, living in an impoverished neighborhood. And there was a lot of gang violence and drugs mm-hmm. and things going on during that time. And she wanted to make sure that I was on the right path. And so she put me in a martial arts program. And from there, I fell in love with martial arts. Uh, just as most kids do, right? You want to be a you know a ninja turtle or you know <laughs> right? a power ranger or right? something. Um, and, and it's cool till you realize that it takes time to do those kicks and those jumps like that. Uh, but uh, I just fell in love with the art, and so I studied Taekwondo, and then I studied uh, Hungar Kung Fu. Uh, which being in Seattle, there's a, a huge Asian culture there in uh, a huge Chinatown. So I was able to find these different martial arts um, that I could study in Tai Chi. And, you know, and then there's a big Japanese area. So then there's like ninjutsu and there's all this stuff. And so for as a kid, I just I really got into it. I never got into it to teach it, though. Yeah. Um, I never thought that I would be teaching it. I got into it because I was really interested and loved the art. Uh, my favorite, well, a couple of them. So Bruce Lee is actually buried in Seattle. So it was like, you know, ah, oh, man, like, you know, it's like you feel real special because, like, you know, the master is, like, uh. you know, buried in Seattle, Washington. And then um, I used to watch a lot of uh, movies uh, by uh, Sho Kasugi, uh, who is a uh, Japanese actor, uh, did a lot of ninja movies. And so I just, every year, I want to be a martial artist or a ninja. So I just got into it. And, and so that was where it started. And then from there, uh, I got into... Uh, different forms of martial arts, uh, Krav Maga, uh, Hapkido, uh, which I studied for over 10 years. And I just love the arts. I never I never thought that I would be teaching them. And so I just consumed all this knowledge uh, and, you know, learned to apply it just because I was interested in it. Right. I never did it to say, okay, look, I'm going to open up these programs. And, you know, and from that, I saw a greater need, which opened up doors for other programs. Okay. Well, uh, you told me something I didn't know, and that was that Bruce Lee was was buried up there. I had no idea yeah. about that. I, yeah, I, Bruce Lee's buried I, in you know, Seattle. As a, as a kid, I can remember watching some of the movies, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah. Uh, my best friend from the time I was uh, in junior high, I think they call it middle school now, but anyway, from the time uh, I was in uh, junior high, he became a third degree black belt so he taught me all right he taught me a few things to defend uh-huh. myself but um, uh-huh. now one thing that you told me is that that you didn't you know you didn't envision yourself teaching this stuff and i kind of appreciate that because i was into basketball i was really good at basketball mm-hmm. okay and okay. <laughs> so um uh if it hadn't if if, if not for injury um i can tell you this i played against magic johnson Okay, I mean, at at one time, okay? And we actually thought that we would be playing each other at a much higher level, okay? So um, anyway, um, if not for injury, you know, a whole whole nother life there. But the thing is, is that I know all about basketball. A lot of times I call I call what's going on on TV and I'm saying, you better call time out right now, you know, or you get this guy (laughs) over here, move this guy over there. And the the, the thing is, is that... um, I could not see myself teaching or coaching because I'm too critical. Do you run into, or did, did you have to go through that thing of, you know, adjusting the way that you approach 
your teaching or your coaching of this particular sport or whatever, I, I don't know what the proper terminology is for it, but did, did you have to kind of adjust the way that you teach to be able to do it with children? Absolutely. I mean, I had to adjust the way I taught um, for as it pertained to kids and just making sure that it was appropriate to the things that we were teaching, right? Just the level of, um, so that it, the level of violence, if you will, right. right? Just to make sure that it was something that was kid appropriate as far as uh, defense. Um, but one of the bigger things that I struggled with was the confidence to do it. Okay. Uh, I struggled with that because I initially uh, had started with a, a buddy of mine. We had started a different martial arts program initially. And then he went into acting, and I was left with the option of, okay, either you're really going to start teaching this martial arts stuff on your own, or you're going to have to figure out right. you know, how to keep the lights on for yourself. And right. so I had to step into that role of being an instructor uh, at that level, and that was very hard for me. You know, were the kids going to learn it? Um, I mean, I dealt with a lot of a lot of self-doubt. You know, am I good enough to teach this? I know it. But can I teach it to the kids? Right. right? I'm not as proficient in my to myself uh, as a lot of other guys I know. Right. Uh, I'm not an MMA fighter. I don't want to be a competitive fighter. So right. you know, I just kind of felt like I didn't have some of those uh, skill sets, and so it was a confidence thing. And so I just had to keep forcing myself to do it. Uh, and I started realizing that kids were learning, and I would get the feedback, and you know, I just kept going forward in spite of the fear. Yeah. So, and you didn't want to teach bullies. I mean, I, I, that kind of goes without saying, right. but it does need to be said that you know your, right. your your job was not to make somebody a bully to go to school and beat up everybody else or something. It, it was all about self protection, all about protecting themselves or their family members or their friends, something like that. And you're to be committed Correct. for that. You know, that's that's good solid work there. Now, yes, sir. We've got some other stuff to go over. I mean, this is only one aspect of you, but and, you know, and and that is something that um, is pretty cool because uh, you know most people focus in on just one thing and they get really good at just one thing. Uh, like me, I'm good at talking. <laughs> I mean, you know, so you know, I, I can I can do that on a, a very uh, a number of different platforms and feel pretty comfortable with it. But you know, you get me into something else, and you know, like. Right teaching kids how to play basketball oh no they do not want coach jd <laughs> coach jd would be their worst enemy i mean he would be he would be horrible for them to deal with okay um now you, another uh, area here that that i want to discuss with you is camp warrior king and yes. uh, again this is also on the website and one, uh, once again please give us that website address and then tell us about about uh, this this particular aspect Absolutely. So it's GoSFB.com, and my body of work is there. Uh, Camp Warrior King. So Camp Warrior King, when we were, when I was teaching martial arts, I noticed there was, first, a couple things going on. Their kids needed more personal development. They needed more exposure to activities. Uh, a lot of the kids hadn't been out of their neighborhood. Um, they hadn't been... You know, these kids hadn't gone fishing. They hadn't learned how to hunt. They hadn't, you know, done, they just hadn't been exposed to anything. And a lot of what I've learned is that, you know, exposure is critical to developing a child. 
And there was also some needs myself, right? I was teaching at a lot of schools and during the summertime, the schools would close. And so then I had to figure out, well, how do I make it from, you know, May until August? And so, you know, someone said, well, why don't you open up a camp? And I'm like, you know, heck no, I don't want to open up a camp. I mean, I don't even want to be working with these stinking kids. Now you want me to do something else. You know, I was like, you know, man, let me do something else, man. I don't want to do this. But they said, you know, man, you should try it. And so the parents said, hey, look, you know, will you do a, a spring camp for us for a week? And I said, sure, I'll do spring break. You know, that's just five days because we don't do the weekends. And, uh, you know, we'll be fine. So at the end of the five days, the parents said, yo, that was amazing. Uh, can you do something for the whole summer? Well, first I said, can you do a summer camp? I said, yeah, I'll do one for a week. They said, we don't want anything for a week. We need somewhere where our kids could be for a whole summer. And man, you know, I, I broke into a cold sweat. You know, you, I probably fell out right then. Uh, I said, I, I said I mean, you need to tell me you want me to work with kids for like 10 weeks at a time. And, um, and they say, yeah. And so uh, that's what we did. And we opened up Camp Warrior King. And Camp Warrior King celebrates its 10th year uh, this summer. And Camp Warrior King is all about exposing kids to extracurricular activities that normally wouldn't experience during the school year. And, J.D., we have a ball, man. I mean, we take them hiking. We take them fishing. We teach them how to trap shoot, right? We teach them how to – we take them hunting, right, do hunting wow. workshops. Uh, wow. We go spelunking. They box. They canoe. They kayak. Whitewater rafting. I mean, Lego robotics, uh, chess. Uh, cheerleading, uh, course martial arts, cooking classes. I mean, anything they're interested in trying, we try to give them the opportunity to learn how to do it. And we do that for about nine or 10 weeks over the summer and we have a blast. Wow. That, that, uh, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you put all that together. <laughs> did, did you come up with the curriculum for that or the activities for that yourself? Or were you, was there other people involved in the, in the development and the implementation of it? So my mom uh, actually came up with the curriculum for Camp Warrior King. Uh, the way that my mother, again, I grew up in a single, single parent home, and my mother was determined to get us out of the inner city. And the way that she did that, uh, we're pretty much out of the hood, uh, the way that she did that was she started a janitorial service. She started cleaning okay. houses. Okay. And she, I mean, had a, a tough time with that. But she, you know, clean houses, clean houses, clean houses. And that got us out. And then once we moved to the Atlanta area, uh, she became an educator. And she started teaching. And okay. so she actually retired uh, 30 years uh, as an educator. Well, what she did, I told her, I said, Mom, you know, we're going to open up a summer camp. And, you know, I said, we need you to do the curriculum. Was she shocked that you decided that you were going to work with kids? Was she shocked about that? You know, I don't know if she was. I don't think I ever asked her that question. (laughs) So she didn't know about your hatred of children then? (laughs) No, I didn't think that. Yeah, yeah, she didn't know about it. Yeah, Yeah, she didn't know about it at all. For people just joining us, that's a joke, okay? He doesn't hate children. He loves children. Uh, You know, it's just the way that people are are raised or whatever. Now, let let me tell you this. Uh, You've spoken about the inner city and all that. And, you know, I grew up in, um, uh, when I was coming up, you were talking about integration, school integration. And uh-huh. there were, I had never seen a black person in my life until I went to junior high. And uh-huh. there, was one, there was one school in our area, one. Uh, 
that allowed uh -huh. for black children to be integrated with white children, okay? And they uh -huh. all came in a bus. They came in a, yeah. uh, like a line of buses every morning. And yeah. that's the first time <laughs> I ever saw a black child in my life. And I was absolutely uh -huh. terrified. And then uh -huh. um, I became extremely close, again, because of basketball, I became extremely yeah. close to, um, to a, a black kid. His name was Alfred. Uh -huh. He doesn't mind if I uh -huh. use his name, I promise you. Uh -huh. uh, but of anyway, course. we talked about this later, and uh -huh. he said, oh, you think you were scared? We were terrified. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, that, so, so I can relate to what you're saying of, about the inner city. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, yeah. pe if people will just leave people alone, kids are kids yes. and kids will integrate yes. beautifully together they will interact beautifully yes. together there's never going to be yes. an issue if parents will just keep their nose out of it if government will keep its nose out of it if all these people yes. will just keep their nose out of it and just let the children come together as children i promise yeah. you we'll be just fine now that's my opinion maybe yes, you have sir. a different one yeah. but you know that's my well, opinion of it. well no i i agree with your opinion 100 percent. and i tell you what the next time you go to a playground right on a sunny day mm -hmm. when you're sitting there take a look and what you'll notice is that all the kids right no matter what color they are they'll get on the playground and they'll make friends and they'll play and they'll run and they'll have a great time together right. on their own right now that's the kids now when you do that at the same time look around at the parents the parents, they're all in their phones. They're not talking to each uh -huh, other. Right. right? And, and, and no one's interacting like how the kids are. And so what that tells us is that um, stereotypes, hatred, um, you know, any kind of pre preconceived notion, those are usually all learned behaviors. Right. That kids are learning that at right. home and they're learning it in their individual communities. And they're mm -hmm. learning to distrust each other. But, man, when they get down on that playground, man, they'll have a ball. Right. right? And, and so it is, you, what you said is 100% correct. It's letting the kids be kids, letting them, you know, you'll find out for yourself um, a good person and a bad person. And, and and it's like in every culture has them, right? There's great people in one culture and there's bad people in that culture. There's great Amen. people in another culture right. and bad people in there. Right. It's more of, right. you know, that person's, their heart and their character. Yeah, it's not so much anything other than how children are raised and yeah. I'm trying to come up with the right terminology here but if if parents are racist on whether they're white black yellow green purple okay if if you've got a racist parent then chances are you're going to have a racist kid but mm -hmm. if a parent is inclusive and please for those listening to me you know what I mean by inclusive. Don't draw the right, wrong, <laughs> right. don't don't draw the wrong conclusion from that. What I right, just said, right. but right. You know, if if you will just treat treat everybody as if they are a human being, if if as if they are God's child, if you will just raise them that way, they are going to get along with everybody else just fine. You know, don't yeah. don't teach them that because somebody is a certain color that they're bad people that's all i got to say right. okay sean we've come to the end of the first part of uh, of the podcast and we're going to be back here in just a couple of minutes with the second half of it is primetime somewhere 
Attention podcasters, influencers, media personalities, content creators, and aspiring or existing radio personalities. KRRB Revelation Radio now offers the opportunity to broadcast or syndicate both new or existing shows to all 50 states and more than 160 countries around the world. And if you currently operate a radio station, we offer you the opportunity to add several popular shows in virtually every genre for broadcast on your station. Choose programming from 30 minutes to two hours, with each internationally syndicated show adding quality content sure to grow your listening audience. We even have excellent optional services to help you promote your show or station. These services are not only designed for audio use on the radio, but also include tools for use on social media, even YouTube. For more information, visit www.revelationradio.net or email the YouStreamIt LLC broadcast network at office at ustreamit.net today. And welcome back, everybody, to the second half of It's Prime Time Somewhere. Again, my name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, and my guest today, Mr. Sean Banks. And, Sean, I forgot. Where are you exactly? I know you're you're not in Texas. Where, where are you located? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Been there many times, worked for the airline industry. Um, uh, American, who I worked for, wasn't real big in Atlanta. Atlanta was dominated by Delta and I think Eastern at one time, but Delta for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, oh, yeah. st- still had to go through Atlanta many times. It was the, uh, at the time that I worked in the industry anyway, it was the biggest airport in the world. So, wow. anyway. All right, so uh, getting back to you now, um, and you, we've got another area to go into, and uh, you are the developer and the creator. I love this name. Team Hot Sauce. Tell me about. <laughs> t- t- tell me about Team Hot Sauce, and uh, and you also just for people um, who are listening to this. Even though some of, some people are seeing it in visual form, Sean, but most people are are just listening to it. Can you spell that? as well on the team hot sauce thing because there is a it's a little a little bit unique go ahead <laughs> right so team of course t-e-a-m and hot sauce h-o-t-t and sauce is s-a-w-c-e hot sauce yes well, team now, hot sauce you mentioned that your mom was an educator for about 30 years what i failed to, <laughs> what, what i failed to tell you is my dad was a school teacher and principal for 49 years so oh, wow. uh, so the two of us can kind of relate to the to the fact that you know yeah. when, when mom in your case dad in my case came home their day wasn't over yet they had a lot to no. do in their room <laughs> and uh, one thing that used to drive me absolutely crazy because my dad was really popular in school uh-huh. everybody wanted to be in his class we would go to the mall or we could I, I don't care where I don't care where we went it was like, Mr. Williams, Mr. Williams. You know, they come running over to him. Yeah. And, you know, well, yeah. that agitated me. To, I hated that because they were taking time away from me and my dad. Okay. Now, I don't know yeah. what your experience was, if you had anything similar to that. Yeah. But I, I, can, I can relate to the, to the educator's kid thing. Trust me. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, growing up, I mean, for me, it was, you know, there was just a big, 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 push for education at home right so mm-hmm. you know my mom knew that there was going to be homework sent home she knew that you had it she right. knew when testing time was right you know and she also knew when you weren't going to get a good grade so 
you know, there was no hiding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, being a being a teacher's kid, um, it has its advantages, I guess, in some guy in some ways. But what you were just talking about there, that's what we at the time anyway considered to be a major disadvantage, right? Because every, you know, because uh, the other teachers would tell you know. Hey, you know your son isn't doing this right. We're right here. You know we oh, need yeah. to get him. Oh, oh yeah. Lord. Okay, that's bringing back terrible <laughs> memories. Let's let's move on. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, tell me about this team hot sauce. We barely we we, we just opened the door on it. So just tell tell me about I got it. Got you. Team hot sauce are cartoon characters, and there's nine of them, and it's they are pretty much characters designed to help kids get motivated and teach them personal development principles in a way that they can understand it and okay. so team hot sauce are the, the uh, garden guardians and, and vegetable defenders and what they're doing is they're going all over the galaxy uh fighting against insects because of course you know insects eat vegetables and, uh, <laughs> and they're fighting against these they're fighting against these these you know alien insects and on the way, you know, they're teaching kids personal development principles, how to build their confidence, how to build their focus, you know, how to build their, um, you know, their just their tenacity and different things. And so uh, I created Team Hot Sauce after my uncle. Uh, uncle Hot is one of the main characters. And my uncle, uh, Uncle Virgil, uh, was a real inspiration in my life where he was um, the first man that I saw that raised a family. Okay. Uh, my dad didn't. My dad wasn't home, uh, and in my in my community, there were a, a lot of kids like that who, you know, we just had a bunch of moms around, and there weren't a lot of dads. And my uncle Virgil was a, an example uh, for me. Uh, he's been married to my aunt Charlotte now over fifty years, and you know, he was just a wonderful example of a man. And so when I said, okay, who can we create to be a character that I know actually has a lot of the characteristics that i would like to emulate it was my uncle virgil and so that's where uncle hot is he's uncle hot and he's this rich uncle right in the character this rich uncle that's made money off of a hot sauce called the love and he has all these nieces and nephews that are you know broccoli and karate and they you know come to uncle hot and they go all over the galaxy doing cool stuff well well it's now yeah. uh, <laughs> listening to that and the reason i hesitated there is because i also noticed that you're an author and you've yes. got uh three books that you have published uh one yes. is called persevere outcome win then raising extraordinary kids and then be unstoppable living life and as i said the reason that i hesitated was does the team hot sauce does that is that a part of any one of these books or is is that a completely no, separate thing that's something completely separate so okay. team hot sauce um can be found in our youth magazine okay uh, we we do the comics in the youth magazine that's where you can find them okay. uh and and that's where we started you know that that project with the comic uh, also, we have like you know T-shirts and shoelaces and stuff for kids, uh, okay. and, and hats like the one I have right here. That's actually okay. uh, for ketchup right there. Okay. Um, but the books are completely separate. The books are designed primarily for parents. Uh, okay. Persevere, overcome, win, uh, and raising extraordinary kids uh, are two books that talk to parents about how to improve their child's performance. So I'm not 
one that really likes to talk to parents about parenting. Uh, okay. I believe that a parent knows knows their child better than someone from the outside. Um, and but I do believe that there are principles that you can teach your child to get them to perform better. So, for example, I have a um, a series in one of the books, Prince of Come Win, that's called the Confidence Castle, right? And it steps to build your child's confidence. This is how you get your child from being timid to actually performing, right? Okay. Or you know, work ethic. This is how you can get your child to improve their work ethic. So it's strategies like that where they can use their own parenting things that are working and use the, the strategies that we're teaching or that I'm teaching rather uh, and use it to help their child. Okay. Well, uh, you know, you are diversified is the best way to say it. I mean, you've got a lot of Sorry. things going on at the same time. Um, I got a radio station I run. I got podcasts I do. I got a radio show I do with another guy. So I know a little bit about, you know, having to break up your time and, and all that kind of stuff. But you got like 10 times right. what I got. You know, I, so, so I don't, I don't understand. I, uh, that's, that's crazy, you know, but I commend I you for it because you're, you know, obviously you got it going on there. But I want to, I want to back up a minute, get a little personal with sure. you. And if you, sure. uh, if you don't want to answer, don't worry, I can't reach you. You're in Atlanta. I'm in Texas. Okay, so I can't, I, I can't, I can't do a thing about it. So, uh, anyway, um, now you have said that you came up in uh, in the inner city. You uh, uh, you called it the hood. Well, yeah, okay, I understand yeah. that. I grew up with that terminology. I like I told you right. the people I grew up with. Right. I, I came up with that terminology. I understand it completely. Right, but right. Um, the influence that you went under as a youth, you could have very easily gone another direction, Sean. I mean, you, you and I both know that. You could have very easily gone down a different path. Was it that Absolutely. uncle that you were speaking of? Was that, uh, and, and I don't want to take away from your mother. I really don't. Right, I mean, right. mom, moms are important. Right. They're extremely important. They're your rock. But right. at the same time, mom's not there all the time. You know, mom's right. not at school with you. Mom's not down at the at the at the right. rec center with you. I mean, you know that. Right. So, what, was right. there somebody in your life, like your uncle or something, or or what kept you on the straight and narrow? Bottom line, what uh, what kept you going? Number one was God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, number number one was God. Um, let's let's start there. Um, you know the. What built my faith was the fact that I knew, especially as an adult, that it was God that if it wasn't for God, I would have become a statistic like a lot of my friends are, uh -huh. uh, you know, dead or in jail. Right. Um, and number one, the number one uh, reason is God. Uh, my mother put me in church as a kid, so I understood that there was a God and had that belief. Uh, and it was God's protection primarily. Uh, and through that, you know, God works through people. And so, you know, my father, when he would, you know, come in my life as a kid, he would instill some principles. Um, there was a couple whoopings I got from my dad that definitely straightened me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then people like my uncle Virgil, when I got to high school, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Moss uh, was my high school um, forensics coach. I was on a debate team. 
and he was instrumental because you know we were you know we were poor kids we couldn't afford to go to these debate tournaments and mm -hmm. you know go to these different camps and dr moss would take a lot of times his own money uh and uh send us to these camps uh and then it was just a community that started that i was around so uh the atlanta urban debate league is a huge uh program in the city of atlanta and if it wasn't for the atlanta urban debate league and people like uh melissa wade and carrie crenshaw who was a coach at the university of alabama i would have never had an opportunity to go to college um and i i say that because you know it's important that like i said to you earlier that there are good people in all cultures and bad people in all cultures and i say this to make a point Melissa Wade and Carrie Crenshaw were white, mm -hmm. and but and Dr. Moss was black. Okay, mm -hmm. now if it wasn't for all of them coming together and working, myself and uh, one of my best friends, uh, who's actually a pastor out in, in Dallas Fort, Fort Worth, um, we wouldn't have had an opportunity to go to college, mm -hmm. right? Because we didn't have the money. I mean, my mother right. told me, you know, look, I don't have any money for you to go to college. You're gonna have to get a scholarship. Right. And so it was people like that that just were very influential uh aunts uh of course my uncle virgil um i have a, a another another character is uh stinker uh and we have uh one of our characters his name is coach stinker i have an uncle my uncle's name is stinker and my uncle stinker <laughs> is very that, that my uncle stinker is one of the people that taught me how to <laughs> how to change how to change a tire right how to change brakes on the car right so it's just you know a community of people but the but the number one reason is that uh god's ahead of my life and that's who's been guiding me and that's the reason why i'm able to do what i'm doing now amen well um like i said i think i mentioned this early on that um sean and i had spoken for just a couple of minutes before the uh podcast started today and we were talking about having him on the last Christian podcast as well, another podcast that I do, and uh, he's agreed to do that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having him on because then we can really get in-depth about what you were just talking about. Um, yes. To, today we're going to stick with um, uh, everything to do with your hatred of children. Okay. <laughs> today we're, we're going to continue to talk about... Uh, your marvelous work with kids and that's that's really the best way to say it is that you know you you have graduated yourself from looking at children in one in one way to a completely different way that i think pleases the lord that we serve very much so um yes, you know I, I really want you to have the opportunity to speak as much about this as you can. And right now, what I want to do is I just kind of want to open it up to you for a minute and just say, okay, okay you know, tell us about your overall, in general, uh, what you're all about, what your organization is all about. Give us those those things that, that are involved in this, uh, where you see yourself right now, and then most importantly, where you see yourself going from this point forward. Take as much time as you want, Sean. It's all yours. Well, where I am right now is we're building the You Can Have It All magazine. Uh, you Can Have It All magazine is a motivational magazine designed to motivate children around the world to go after their dreams. Um, my goal with that magazine is to have it in every country where there are children that will read it. Uh, it's a digital magazine. We also have physical copies available. But I believe that motivation is a universal language. So one kid in, you know, in 
in the UK wants to be motivated to go after their dreams just like a child in Taiwan. And our goal is to continue to motivate youth in that way because you know we may not be able to speak to them all, but we can give them something that they can take a picture and put it on their wall and say, hey, look, that can get me through tomorrow. Uh, or you know, a quote or an affirmation. They can read an article about a cool kid doing something else, and that can motivate them. And so you can have it all. Uh, you can have it all. Magazine is where I am right now, and that's what's got me fired up uh, about what I'm doing. Uh, you know, and part of the proceeds from our magazine goes towards our orphanage. You can have it all orphanage in Bumble, Uganda, East Africa. I saw that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was, yes, I was, sir. yeah, I was going to bring that one up. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you did, because uh, mm -hmm. it does say that a portion of all the proceeds from your business do maintain that you can have it all orphanage in Bombo, yes. Uganda, and yes. uh, they currently support 30 children with shelter, food, and school supplies. That's not yes. cheap. That is not cheap. I have a right. friend in Bungama, Kenya. He's actually a host mm. on uh, on my one of my radio shows uh, for Revelation mm -hmm. Radio, and we will communicate as the two of us are doing right now. Uh, we have done several in the past, and mm -hmm. he has a very difficult time connecting because he's uh, because mm -hmm. of the lack of um, what we here in the United States take for granted. Do you right. uh, do you experience that type of thing uh, with your with your work with your orphanage there? Just being able to stay in touch, just just do the normal the normal day to day. The normal day to day, uh, yeah, it's it's very challenging there compared to the United States. I mean, the just one of the things that we do is to make sure that the children eat every day right. right and we have homelessness and we have you know hunger problems in the united states as well um but the the difference the the, the difference between you know east africa and the united states is that in the united states you know there's more resources so there are food banks right, right? there's places where people can go eat um you know nine times out of ten a child you know, no one's going to let a child go hung go hungry in the United States. It, right. But in Uganda, you know, you see kids sleeping on the street. There's child homelessness, right. and which touched my heart because you know these are kids that are the same age as my children, right? Mm -hmm. Or the kids I work with at camp, and they're on the street sleeping in a box with no shoes on. Right. And so the the resources and the difference in resources is tremendous and they do definitely have those issues and so that's why it was on my heart to do something about it um, originally the orphanage was being uh, held up by a gentleman uh, that was trying to do it on his own and it was getting ready to fall apart and so we went and did the conference and crusade you know he said man if we can just get some help and I said, I talked to him I said you know what we're gonna take this over so that we can continue to help these kids get an education because they can't go to school, you can't even get a job, right? right. So, you know, it helps them get schooling. Uh, we've been able to do some things on the orphanage. We're looking to be able to expand the orphanage uh, so that they have a bigger one and can be more self-sufficient. Um, but it's a lot of work. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah. There are a lot of challenges uh, going over that way. I know uh, we have sent <clears throat> just some CDs uh, to get a message across. We'd sent some CDs down to Kenya, and even though we paid for it, we paid for everything, okay? Yeah. But yeah. as soon as it got to the post office in Kenya, and my friend went to go pick them up, then all of a sudden, they want to be charged again. 
even though we yep. <laughs> even though you know we paid for everything supposedly but but uh, whatever do you run into that too where they're ripping you off on yes. that end yes uh, I've experienced that before uh, you you'll, you'll experience um, uh, I've experienced uh, situations where you know I've been bribed to be able to do certain things it's like wait a minute we already paid for it right but since mm-hmm. they have that they have the they have it's like someone who it's like giving someone that doesn't have money a lot of power right right and so this person may be a police officer or something Mm -hmm. and they may not have a lot of money or any money at all but they have the power and authority uh and they'll see you know they might realize that you have you know maybe one or two extra nickels than what they have and they're like well hey look you know you gotta pay us to be able to get this so i've had it happen um but the majority of the people the majority of the people have been extremely helpful um you know and very gracious that were there so like i said i mean you got your good seeds and you got your rotten apples in every group amen okay um i meant to bring this up real early on in the podcast and for whatever reason didn't what is ff stand for uh that's my name sean <laughs> sf okay all right yes, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. well the s the sf it, the F stands for free, right? So Sean's okay. free. Okay. And, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sean's yeah that's free. that's what I was getting at because you know I I yeah. saw um you know I mean my I told you about my best friend. Okay. Okay. So my, my best friend his, his name was Tyrone, but we just called him T. You know. And, okay. Uh, so yeah. So I so I I get the um, you know the initial thing. Right. You know I I get that. And by the way, my name is Joel, but you know I just go right. by JD. It's just easier easier for people to right. remember. But um, right. uh, when did you start? Because you said that your friends call you SF. So when when did you when did you start using that? Well, some of my let's see here. Probably in my late twenties um, when I started you know, really getting into personal development. And uh, I said to a buddy of mine, I said, I think we're going to start going by SF. And he said, SF, he said, man, what do you think you are, like a battleship or something? <laughs> and, I, and so I laughed about it, and then I thought about it again, and I said, you know what? You're doggone right. That's exactly what go. I am. I am a battleship. So I, think I'll, I think I'll keep it. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so I just started using it. So, I mean, some people will say, hey, SF, or some people will say, hey, Sean, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. So you've got uh, you got all these different things going on here. The I Am Defense yes. Institute, Camp mm-hmm. Warrior King, you're cre- the creator of Team Hot Sauce. you got three books. Um, yes. Sean, I don't think you're doing enough. I, you know, I really think that you ought to actually, you know, you, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to pick it up in the second half of your life here, okay? You, <laughs> now, I, in in all seriousness, you are doing, uh, you are doing the Lord's work. You're doing, you know, you're doing yeoman's work as far as you know, helping these kids. You know what it's like to live in, in less than perfect situation okay and i'm sure you can draw a lot from your personal experience on that and how you guide and how you guide kids and that's great Mm -hmm. do you see yourself doing this same thing for the next five ten years or do you have something else in mind is there another is there going to be another level to what you're doing uh, I see myself doing this and expanding this. 
Okay. Uh, there's a, it's a, it's definitely a life's work right. and it's, there's such a, the need won't, won't go away. And there's always going to be a need that if we can be able to, if there's a kid that could be able to get this motivation in some kind of way, um, that we got to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually love what I do now. I didn't, like I said, I had zero passion to do this. Uh, <laughs> someone would have told me at 21 that I would be working with youth. Um, you know, I probably would have had some choice words for them. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but no, I mean, there's, there's work to do, right? We got to expand this magazine and, uh, you know, get it to, you know, as many countries around the world where people want to read it. And that's going to take time. Uh, and you know, and then even once we get it there, we got to get it better and that's going to take time. So, you know, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. The one thing that I do know is once you get into something and it becomes your passion, it does truly become your passion. And it's something that, that you work on every single day and you want to make it better and better and better and better. And just looking, looking at your resume for lack of a better word here, uh, it is, it is a good one. Um, Thank you. The uh, the website, uh, I only was able to spend a couple of minutes on it this morning, uh, but mm-hmm. I did look around it a little bit, and uh, yes. it looks like it's very well put together. I notice also you got some YouTube videos that you list. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, have, are, are you doing a lot of work with YouTube? I mean, I have personally have run into a lot of problems with them because they don't like uh-huh. the fact we, that we don't follow the... Um, right. Yeah. Uh, the 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 line for okay we uh-huh. we, we, we don't adhere to that and they don't like it so yeah. a, lo- a lot of times uh-huh. they call us hate speech because we do include a lot of Bible stuff and they consider yeah. that hate so um, mm. I've run into problems with that have you run into similar problems with that or are you just still developing it or or where are you as far as social media specifically YouTube Facebook that type of thing uh i use i use social media to advertise um but as far as my content you know i want it on my page right on my own stuff right uh i found that that's the better way to do it uh for me uh it just allows because the with social media so much is changing so fast right that it's kind of hard to keep up with with what they're doing uh and you know a lot of the stuff that's on social media i just don't I don't jam with man you know i mean it's just it's a lot going on i think that um i think that in particular for for our country and just what's what's happening around the world um there's a lot that could be done to protect the youth uh from what they're seeing uh and i don't think that that's regulated and so that makes it very difficult for us to do our job out here because you know for example at our camp i mean we have to tell kids they can't bring their phones and that they have to keep them up because mm-hmm. they're distracted. They're so right. distracted right. with just being in their phone. So, I mean, the weirdest thing is to come into a, like to do a van ride or be in a room full of kids and it's completely silent, mm-hmm. right? It should never be that way. But right. you, now it's completely silent because they're sitting right next to each other, but they're not talking to each other. They're, they're, on, they're looking other. in their phone. They're right. texting each other. Right. <laughs> I've like, seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And COVID yeah. and COVID and COVID made it worse sure. because there was no socialization. So that was the only way they could connect. Right. And so now a kid, you know, you'll see a kid and they're more comfortable texting a friend than just talking to a friend. Right. And that's really sad. Yeah. It really is. But it is truly it the is. way it goes. All right. Sean, we got 30 seconds. 
So anything that okay. you, uh, anything else that you would like to uh, for the world to know, here's your chance right now. Go to s go to go sfb.com to learn more about what I'm doing, uh, and I would love to be able to connect with you on future projects, ideas, podcast shows, anything. Let's do it. We can get this word out about developing youth around the world. Amen. Well, uh, again, my guest today, Mr. Sean Banks. Uh, and we, we've got the web address up there for you, uh, either that or you'll find it in the comments section. So uh, please do visit him. He's got a lot of worthwhile endeavors going on. Sean, I really appreciate you, uh, sir, taking the time today to join me on It's Primetime Somewhere. And uh, yes, I look forward to having you on the last Christian podcast. I think that you've got a lot to mention. I know, I know that you, you say that God is a, is a big part of your life, and he's obviously a big part of my life with Revelation Radio, with the last Christian uh, podcast and radio show. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting you on. And, Sean, again, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much, J.D. I appreciate it. God bless.